Episode 15 of Outlander Cast with Marion Blake is brought to you by the Tag You're It Etsy shop. Whether it's an Outlander-inspired piece of jewelry for your favorite Sassanach or just an original jewelry creation designed by Don the owner, you can find something there for anyone. So please, take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B-I-Z. Tag your mama, tag your pet, tag your it, whatever it is. People disappear all the time. Most are found, eventually. Disappearances, after all, have explanations. Usually. Welcome to Outlander Cast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Everyone and welcome to Outlander Cast. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and this week has been extremely good to me. Elaborate. Well, I got the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL ever. But oh yeah, this other thing that we just did—we had Bear McCreary on our show. I'm glad that it was a really good week for you. I thank God that we had Bear McCreary because I slipped and fell on the ice. <laughs> I have had to see my chiropractor twice. If you guys don't know, I'm pregnant. So slipping and falling is a bad thing. And I had to wear a heart monitor because I'm just like all sorts of dizzy and messed up. This pregnancy thing is not easy a second time go around. But Bear made, he was like the sunshine in my week. Oh my God. He was just unbelievable and can i say he may or may not be the coolest guy i've ever spoken to i mean he he, he's at least top five yeah oh yeah he's top five (laughs) and how and how unbelievably gracious and um just spectacular he was he's so busy he has like four or five different shows running right now at this very moment and he spared about 20 minutes of his extremely busy schedule to not only speak with us, but speak with you guys, the listeners. He was able to give us a ton of great information. And oh, my word, was it good. So, so good. For those of you who haven't heard Bear McCreary's work outside of Outlander, you just need to head on over and find him on iTunes. Head on over to his website. I mean, he got really big thanks to Battlestar Galactica. My gosh, this guy's busy. And then on top of that... He has his love for Scottish music right now, and he gets to just pour all of his love for Scottish music in our favorite show, Outlander. But I don't want to spoil this for you. No, 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 because it should all come from Bear himself. One of the things in this interview is that I was actually not in studio with Mary when we did it. I was out on a remote, so there is a little bit of a sound quality difference from my side in this interview. But I, I can't tell you how tweaked we were when we found out that we were interviewing Bear. And we we were tweaked for, for you guys, too, because, 
Like, how cool is that, right? Beyond cool. I mean, this is a major player in this show. Christian Mallet was obviously, he is a major player in this show, but Bear McCreary is in charge of all of the beautiful music that you hear. During that scene when Claire is running up to the rocks and Frank is doing the same exact thing and it was a beautiful scene, but it was only made that extraordinary because, in my opinion, of the music that was playing and that was scored for that scene. Without the music, without that score, that scene is, is it, it, I'm sorry, it's going to fall flat. <laughs> oh, look at you. You're making a musical pun and you didn't even know it. I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we actually get into the reason why people are listening to this and let's speak with Bear. Joining us now is Bear McCreary, an Emmy Award-winning composer whose works include, but are not limited to, Battlestar Galactica, Terminator, The Sarah Connor Chronicles, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Black Sails, The Walking Dead, Da Vinci's Demons, and Constantine. But we all know him as the composer of our favorite show, Outlander. Bear, thank you so much for joining us today. We want to start of course, off. This is going to be fun. Oh, it is. It is. Our first question for you is how did you get started on Outlander and kind of what research did you do for the music on this? I started working on Outlander because I had worked with the showrunner, Ron Moore, on his previous series, Battlestar Galactica. So Ron and I had worked together successfully on that show for years, and um, I found out he was doing Outlander, and we started chatting because I probably started my research when I was about 12. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I grew up loving Scottish folk music and went to the Highland Games every year. Um, and then in high school, I started researching music of the Jacobite Uprising, and that kind of was my jam for about five years. So uh, I wrote I was chatting with Ron and we started talking about it. And he says he's developing this series Outlander, which the first season takes place in Scotland in 1743. And immediately my eyebrow raises and I'm like, Hey, that's something I happen to know a lot about. Um, and so it's been great having this opportunity to, as an adult dive in and really understand on a more fundamental and musical level, what was happening musically at the time. And um, it's been incredibly rewarding to go back to my childhood passion. Our next so, question is, did you write the themes before knowing the characters or did you watch the tape and then write them? What's kind of your composing process like for this show? This show is a little different than others. I generally always wait until I've seen the show and I see the characters and I'm able to really live with the material for a while, and then the themes start coming to me. Outlander's a bit of an exception to that, because Ron Moore and I decided on what the main title theme was going to be before they'd even shot the show. So I had been, as I mentioned, I was talking with Ron about how much I loved Scottish folk music, and I sent him a recording I had done in college, I think, uh, on the accordion, playing... Uh, one of my favorite Scottish folk tunes, which 
which is the Sky Boat song. And before I was even hired on the show, Ron heard that, and then he wrote me back, and he goes, that's beautiful. I think it should be the main title of Outlander. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, sounds like I'll be working on Outlander then. That is really cool. And I've got to tell you, that is everyone's, everyone says they get goosebumps when they start to hear that song. So I'm so happy that you guys picked that song as the opening number. It was one of the easiest decisions that has ever been made in TV, in my experience. And I mean, it, and, and it really was like that. I mean, Ron heard me playing it on the accordion and immediately he recognized something in it. Um, and only after that point, we dug into the lyrics and started discussing the idea of having a vocalist sing it. And I brought in, um, Rhea Yarbrough, who's my wife, uh, who sang on Battlestar Galactica and Ron knew her voice very well. Um, and we started experimenting with actually having a singer. That was never the, um, intention. I think we always assumed it would be an instrumental beginning, but we realized that the lyrics were very powerful and, and, and oddly appropriate. So it was a, it was a happy discovery, a happy accident. Well, speaking of that, do you play the accordion or any other instrument on the soundtrack at all? Oh, yeah. I play uh, accordion, and I played uh, a little bit of um, hurdy-gurdy on, on it, uh, predominantly the accordion, um, just because I am an accordion player primarily, and uh, believe it or not, it's hard to find uh, projects that necessitate accordion, so whenever I find one, I'll dive in. <laughs> do you do you have complete control over the music or is it something that you have to run by Ron Moore as well? No composer ever has or should have complete control. It is a collaborative medium. It is the jo- the job of the composer is to find the producer's vision and help them guide it to the screen. So with that said, I I find that Ron and I are on the same page creatively to the degree that he does place a lot of faith in me. And while he does have the the last word on everything, he's the showrunner, um, he and I are in complete agreement virtually all the time. So sitting down and looking at episodes with him and going over cues and playing him demos, it's, it's just a really fun experience because we're just on the same wavelength and he um, is able to help me understand the show. And I think in return, I'm able to deliver a score that really helps him find his vision. Do you meet with the musicians or are you there during the recording process? If there's things that you want to tweak or different kind of emotions you want them to convey? The, The recording process is the most fun for me. That's, that's, that's what it's all about is getting in a room with other people and getting to conduct them. And, and, Outlander is no exception. And, and I find that with a show this intimate, you really can't um, mock it up on a synthesizer and have it communicate the same thing. So getting together with the musicians is where I'm able to really find the intimate details to really get those exact character moments to, to work. So I'm very, I'm very blessed that we have uh, the resources that we have to, to be able to have all these live players. It's wonderful. Speaking of the live, and actually, you know, let me let me even also amend that, you know, having live players playing a specialty instrument is an absolute necessity. So having somebody playing the bagpipes, playing the bowron, um, the folk guitars, Scottish fiddle, uh, the penny whistle—these are things that are absolutely iconic to the soul of the score. 
to the soul of the show. And, and you couldn't replicate them uh, with samples. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, how did you find these musicians? Are they all here in the U.S. around you in L.A.? Or did any of them actually come from Scotland? You know, I I knew pretty much all the people that I needed because I love writing this style of music. I, I've actually used bagpipes in Battlestar Galactica. I tried to use bagpipes in other shows, and the showrunners kind of look at me and go, get those bagpipes out of there. What do you think this is? <laughs> so, you know, for a lot of us, we've been, this is the show we've been waiting for. This is the show I was waiting my whole life to write. And I knew exactly all my friends that I would want to bring in and say, Hey, play that Scottish fiddle, play the Balron, play the bagpipes that normally we have to kind of sneak in there. Now we don't have to sneak in. This is what the show actually needs. So it's, it's been a dream come true. That is so cool. Well, Bear, actually, that uh, we have a, a, a question of one of, one of our listeners, Lonnie Shaw Fraser. She actually knows, obviously, you have a lot of different uh, shows going at once that you're composing for. And she wanted to know how you get in the mindset, because sometimes uh, she swears that she heard an Outlander uh, influence on the last episode of The Walking Dead. So do, do you get a different mindset for each show, or <laughs> is that something that, does that leak through? Well... Uh, I would normally say it doesn't leak through, but if she heard something on Walking Dead, maybe she heard something that that did leak through. It was a Scottish Um, zombie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The zombie was wearing a kilt. What other choice did I have? Um, (laughs) You know, I find, actually, I I thrive on multitask, and I I find that the variety of projects that I get to work on helps keep me inspired. Um, I think if I was working on seven different police procedurals, the answer to that question might be a little different, but for me, it's really wonderful to be able to live in the world of Outlander and tell this intimate romance in the middle of a bigger, more epic story, and then be able to switch gears and work on The Walking Dead or work on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and I have totally different instruments, I have totally different orchestras, and the shows are so tonally diverse that it kind of helps me stay fresh. I think I come back to Outlander with a fresh perspective after I've had a few days working on something else. Um, because, you know, with television, it's not like scoring a film in that it's an endurance run. You are working in the same world with the same themes for years. I, I mean, I already mentioned Battlestar Galactica with, with Ron, but, you know, I did close to 80 hours of narrative of Battlestar. And um, fingers crossed that we go that distance on Outlander. And so for me, it's very exciting to be able to go play around in another universe and then come back. I really enjoy reading your blogs that you have up and especially the one about Outlander. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things that you wrote was how you said that not many composers can boast that they scored a steamy sex scene with bagpipes. Um, so yes. <laughs> I love that you get to have fun in your blog. And then I found that you actually make YouTube videos. And I didn't know if, you, if you're going to make YouTube kind of behind the scenes videos in regards to Outlander. Hey, guys. I'm fun. definitely – I am – I'm definitely hoping to, because uh, I think it's something that the fans um, really want to see. And, you know, one of, the, one of the reasons I haven't yet is that the, the amount of detail that I think Outlander fans want is more than I can put into a YouTube video. With the YouTube stuff, it's fun, and I highly recommend checking it out, especially my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ones are, are pretty fun. But with, with Outlander, the, the number of themes that I use and the the way I use Scottish folk tunes, it's so detailed. I'm, I'm really taking a, uh, a much more almost collegiate approach. And, I, and I'm, 
I'm going into detail about every episode and I kind of walk you through every scene and, and talk about the scenes and decisions, the instruments. And I think if I recall my first Outlander blog entry, I had four or five paragraphs just about the bagpipes and <laughs> instruments and what it's like writing for them. I think I even put a disclaimer that was like, be, you know, be warned. There's a bunch of nerdy bagpipe stuff coming up. <laughs> so, uh, I found that, you know, for, for YouTube, I mean, it, 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 it actually is, is better in, on the written page. It's better to, to dive in, but I'm definitely planning on, on doing some more multimedia stuff in the future. Yeah. I want to see pictures of these three different bagpipes that you write for. I, you, you had a little screenshot up there of, of one of the bagpipes and I was like, Oh man, I want to see a video of all different three, all the different ones that he yeah. uses. They are very cool. And in addition, when I was reading, I saw that you said that you really like to use the clarinet to signify Frank and, you know, just Mm -hmm. that kind of using the English uh, folk tunes for him. So I didn't know if there were any other characters that you have a particular instrument for. Frank is unique in that he actually has an instrument that is totally unique to him. Um, For some of the other characters, there's instruments that I like to use. For example, Claire, I like to use the penny whistle. It has a breathy, feminine quality that is very evocative of her. And as you will hear in the next episode to air, in the first episode back, um, it's from Jamie's perspective. And so you're going to hear their theme in the viola de gamba, which is a Baroque instrument that has a very tenor, rich, baritone timbre to it. So it actually is sort of like a more masculine sound. Um, but with that said, it's always playing their theme and their theme is not exclusive to those instruments. It, 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 it's a theme that I like to put in those instruments, but it's not a rule by any means. But with Frank, I really wanted him to stand out. He is a character that still lives in 1945. He's, he's stuck there. He's separated from Claire and a very big chunk of the first season is spent with Claire trying to get back to him. So I wanted something that was evocative of England, and I chose the clarinet because it was used in a, a lot of wind band and, and, and uh, orchestra music by composers like Holst and Von Williams and other English composers who used English folk music a lot. Um, but more importantly, if I only used the clarinet, for Frank, it would always stand out when you hear it. It would always take you back to 1945. And most importantly, the, the clarinet is a foreign sound to our Scottish characters. I don't think Jamie has ever seen or heard a clarinet. So by preserving it and using it only for the Frank scene, it, it makes it alien in a way, and it keeps it out of that 1743 world and roots us in, uh, in 1945. So I don't know if that all translates. That's what my process was i don't know if you're watching the show thinking wow that clarinet belongs in 1945 but (laughs) these are the kind of things that i enjoy putting into the score because i do think on a subconscious level um viewers have become aware of these uh kinds of techniques over time there we're coming down to the last minute with you so we're going to just do a quick lightning round of questions um you know you You got two second answers you got it all right are you scottish I am partially Scottish, yes. I am part Scottish and part Armenian. Have you worn a kilt and do you enjoy it? I have always dreamed of wearing a kilt. I have yet to do it, actually. Have you read any of the Outlander books? 
I read the first one. Have you ever been to Scotland? I have been to Scotland twice. They were both when I was young. I am hoping to go back in the near future. What's your particular favorite scene in Outlander? I am partial to the Claire and Jamie scene because I wrote it, <laughs> um, but also because it, it, it really is uh, the most important scene in the body of the show itself. Uh, the Sky Boat Song is the main title and has its, and has its uses in the score, but, but it really is sort of a separate piece. I would have to say the Claire and Jamie scene. Who's your favorite composer? Ooh. Um, I'm probably going to say Jerry Goldsmith. And what show has the best score other than yours, uh, past or present? <laughs> wow. Um, that's an easy one. Um, Batman the Animated Series, which was scored by and supervised by Shirley Walker. That is the bar that I have yet to reach. And do you have any more projects coming up? Um, no, I'm totally doing nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff cooking. Um, I've got uh, some uh, some some film projects, some game projects, some TV stuff coming up. Uh, Walking Dead's coming back. Agents of Shield is coming back. Um, Black Sails is is airing now, and uh, Da Vinci's Demon season three is coming back. There's a lot of uh, chances to hear uh, my music in the near future. Excellent. And I, and I just have to say, personally, my favorite piece of yours, oddly enough, is The Governor's Pulse and The Walking Dead. I think that is Ooh. the coolest track ever. It's just so awesome. Thanks, man. That's my Thank you. personal personal favorite from, from Walking Dead. Definitely uh, one of those moments as a composer when you stumble on something and you realize that you struck gold. Well, that just about does it for us here. Uh, Mary, do you have any other questions? Oh, that's it. We just wanted to know, Bear, if people wanted to learn more about you, um, where you would like them to go, whether it's your website or any social media places. Definitely go to my website, bearmccreary.com. That's where you can find my Outlander blog entries, the, the, the answers in the back of the book, if you're wondering anything about the music of Outlander. Check me out on YouTube. Um, I have a, a YouTube channel that's also my name, and that's got a lot of fun stuff. And follow me on uh, Twitter and Facebook for current updates. Well, thank you so much, Bear, for oh, taking the time to talk to us. And one other thing, Outlander soundtrack is coming out real soon. So definitely, uh, definitely check that out. Oh, we are pumped. We are pre-ordered. We are ready to go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Bear. Right. This was an absolute joy having you on to talk with us. Thanks, you guys. Good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Thank Take you, care. Holy smokes. That was our interview with Bear McCreary. I am geeking out right now, Blake. Isn't he awesome, like I said? How how down to earth is that gentleman? The man has won an Emmy Award for making beautiful music, and here he is speaking with us, a podcast about Outlander, and, and, and really actually engaging us in, in a downright awesome conversation 100 percent. i mean this guy is so incredibly musical he's a pianist he's a self-taught accordionist like what how do you do that i only know like one friend of mine and i know a lot of musicians i have one friend that plays the accordion and every time i see pictures of him gigging with his irish bands i'm like gosh you are so cool so bear like automatically once i read that he played the accordion jumped a million levels but gosh i mean he 
he's been listening to Scottish music pretty much all of his life that、Correct. he can remember. I mean, probably post you know Mary had a little lamb and ABCs, <laughs> he learned <laughs> the Skyboat song or something to that matter. And、mm-hmm. the fact that he loved going to these Highland games, which we get to go to. I mean, they're around here. Any anyone can go see them. So if you haven't been, you should totally check them out. But I just I love that he was finally able to take his passion for such a unique genre of music, and here's a whole show dedicated to it. Go have music from、it. the Jacobite era. He must have <laughs> just wanted to jump out of his skin, as you could hear in his voice. He loved everything about it, and I was genuinely surprised by his affection for this time and the research that he has done. To make sure that this show is accurate in its portrayal of Scottish music, honestly, and the fact that he plays on the tracks as well, you know, you always picture these guys like in their rooms, you know, writing on pieces of paper and notes and all kinds of different music and not really actually playing on it, but he is. He's there. He's hands on. I mean, he is. He's a creator, and for him to be such an active participant and to know that. Know these musicians so well, especially the with the the ones with the unique instruments. Yeah, that's really really cool and very exciting for people who play those instruments who probably don't get phone calls that frequently. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably sitting at home with their collection of bagpipes, or you know. <laughs> I love how he's like, yeah, we're gonna nerd out with all the bagpipes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yes. Seriously, if you haven't had a chance to head on over to his website, you need to. He really goes into. Detail about episodes. He'll have pictures up. He'll explain what he what he wrote about. He even has kind of like these little screenshots of the musical lines. So if you are a musician and you understand how to read the staff and notes, you'll be able to see that. And even if you don't. Understand that, like to Blake, he'll look at it and he'll think that he's reading like star charts from Prometheus.、Um, <laughs> he's he's able to listen along, especially because February tenth is the day when you get to have Bam McCreary's soundtrack in your own hands on your own player. I mean, this is just so awesome. So my big suggestion is just to head on over to his website and geek out with him and read that huge thing about the. The bagpipes while you're chilling out with the soundtrack. And speaking of that, by the way, Bear McCreary and his people have given us the opportunity to have a giveaway of an Outlander soundtrack for you guys. What? You、yeah. get to have it for free? Yes, just by listening to this interview, you will have the opportunity and the knowledge to go and get a free Outlander soundtrack for season one A. So, two weeks from the release date of this interview. The giveaway will end, so make sure you go to outlandercast dot com to go and enter into the giveaway, so you can get this awesome freaking opportunity for the Outlander soundtrack. Once again, outlandercast dot com. We also have another giveaway going up there. I mean, we just we're just giving, we're just giving, and Bear jumped on it as well. He was so excited. He wants to give away the music so people can listen to it as well. And you know what? You know, I'm so happy. I'm so happy because we got a chance to interview Bear. I'm so happy because the Patriots won the Super Bowl. I'm giving away a T-shirt too. Oh my god! I'm giving away an Outlander Cast T-shirt. Do they get to choose from the Mary and Blake store? Yes, they do. Any choice that you want. 
If it's a Sassanok wasted shirt, if it's an Outlander cast shirt. Can we make a Bear McCreary shirt? Well, I can't see any reason why not. Oh, guys, you know, you don't even know. You don't even know <laughs> there might become a Bear McCreary Outlander. So not only <laughs> will you get the Outlander soundtrack, you'll also be getting a choice of yours from the Marion Blake store uh, for an Outlander cast shirt, Sassanok wasted shirt. It is yours. So make sure you go and enter into this so you have this awesome opportunity. And thank you to the Patriots for winning. They're make they're making this happen too. They are. You are just you're giving me so much enthusiasm that like I don't care that I slipped and fell and I have an ice pack on my rear end right now. <laughs> you had to wear a fall risk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Guys, this like seriously, thank God we interviewed Bear this week. I literally had to walk around with a bracelet that said fall risk (laughs) (laughs) at my doctor's office. They were like, Oh, have you have you could you possibly have Ebola? No. Do you have the flu? No. Have you fallen this week? Well, yeah, kind of. I slipped in the ass. Here. Here is your fall risk bright yellow bracelet, you poor. Some eighty year old lady walked by Mary. She's like, Yeah. I got Welcome you, to the club. Welcome to we, the club. We fist pumped. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure we put that picture of you wearing the fall risk bracelet up. Thank you. On on either this episode page <laughs> or at least the Facebook page. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> right. I, I, now that we're done laughing about my falling, honestly, guys, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We're really looking forward to hearing what Bear creates next. Um, those of you who like The Walking Dead, it's back. And you can hear him there as did well. Did you like my little Walking Dead reference in there, by the way? Oh, I did. With the governor's pulse. I tried to suck up to him a little bit. Hey. I mean, it's true what I said. I think the governor's pulse is like the coolest track on TV. But I I, I, I had to get that. That's like fanboyism. I had oh. to do it a little bit. Well, he was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, friends, I think that just about wraps up our show. I think so. I, I, I can't believe we had Bear McCreary on. He actually talked about the the Batman animated series. Oh, and that was one of my favorite shows. I was so sad that we were done on time because, I don't know, I'm a tomboy and mm-hmm. I was a tomboy. I watched that show every single day. I'm pretty sure it came on at 4.30 on the WB. Yes, on the definitely on the WB. I'm oh, not totally. sure of the time. No, it was either like 4.30 or 5 because I could only watch TV from 4.30 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was a little strict but it was okay because i could watch batman (laughs) (laughs) i was really happy he brought that up because it was a really well uh composed show and then talking about the the clarinet and and jamie not knowing the clarinet all these really great things i I was so pleased i just can't wait to rewatch the entire show now and just listen for those clarinet bits i know i can't actually i don't even want to end this episode i just want to keep talking we just love bear (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately i think it's probably better off for you the listeners and us to end this show So what do you say, kiddo? We close out the show. As a reminder, everyone, this episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by the Tag Your It Etsy shop. Whether it's an Outlander-inspired piece of jewelry for your favorite Sassanok or just an original jewelry creation designed by Dawn the owner, you can find something there for anyone. So please take the time to visit Dawn at www.tagyourit.biz. That's B-I-Z. Tag your mama, tag your pet, tag your it. Whatever it is, please check out our store. It rocks. We would not be telling you this if it didn't. I absolutely love this store. Kiddo, where can they find us? You can find us, OutlanderCast, on all of your favorite social media places. So whether that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just type in OutlanderCast. And if you like the email machine, you can get us at OutlanderCast at Gmail. 
GeekDadOverThis.com. Okay, so if you geeked out over this episode like I did, I want to hear your excitement, okay? If you just love the bagpipes or if you really care for the clarinet, call us. We want to hear your voice. It's so different than just reading a tweet. Our hotline is 503-454-6730. Once again, the Outlander Cast hotline is 503-454-6730. And we already talked about the Marion Blake store. We're having the giveaway of our shirt too, but I wanted to mention this. Please go there and check it out. All kinds of great Marion Blake swag, including our famous Sassanok wasted t-shirt. <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. I love it. I'm just sad that I can't get Sassanok wasted for so long. <laughs> I miss whiskey. <laughs> anyway, but for now, my friends, I'm going to go grab myself an apple juice and I'm Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. 